you always want to end every email with a question because you want to keep that conversation going. Just like if you were meeting them in person, you would want to ask questions to keep the conversation going. If you've ever been to a party and then there's that one dude that's just always talking about himself and then never asking you any questions at all. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but I'm kind of thinking of someone in particular. Um, (laughs) But if you've ever been to a party like that, um, you know how how quickly you want to get out of that conversation. So you want to have a conversation with your uh, with your leads as well. Make it to where they can talk about themselves there, but they're also getting information from you at the same time. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. And uh, today I've got a solo episode for you. It is just me and you, just us talking together. Um, I'm going to do most of the talking. You are welcome to talk. But I have to warn you, I probably cannot hear you. Um, But today I'm going to be talking about uh, the whole client... um, what is next? I'm going to be talking about the lead generation, not generation. I'm going to, have to cut this from the video. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, it would be good if I had written a title on my notes. Um, I thought of a title earlier, um, but it is escaping right me right now. All I have is client generation and that's not it. Um, but I'm going to walk through my entire process of um, lead nurturing. Nurture is the word I was looking for um, and how that works. Um, And this I mean, I am a wedding photographer, so this is going to be set as a couple inquiring for a wedding date. However, if you are not a wedding photographer, if you are a senior portrait photographer, you can still use this model um, and then just tweak it. Obviously, you don't have to talk about their upcoming wedding. Um, You can talk about their graduation or whatever. Um, Also, if you're not a photographer and you are a creative entrepreneur uh, who bakes cakes, um, you can also change this, kind of tweak it to where it fits your industry and what you are doing. Uh, So with that, the lead nurturing sequence, where does it begin? Does it begin with uh, your your first email reply or uh, with your contact info, your con- contact form on your website? Um, no, to both of those that uh, neither of those is where it begins. It starts with your entire presence online. So your website, your social media, all of those things, um, you know, any any emails, blog, all of that kind of stuff, your voice online 
is how people are finding you. Uh, because we are not in the yellow pages anymore. We're I mean, sometimes you might have like a wedding show or some sort of expo or something where you're meeting people uh, face to face or even like a, in uh, an open house. Um, but for the majority of your leads, they're probably coming in through somewhere online, either your social media platforms or um, referrals from someone else. And they're saying, hey, go check them out at this URL. And then they go to your website or uh, through Google or a search engine um, that they are looking for wedding photographers near me. And then you pop up and they're like, hey, look, there are photos and I like their personality. Um, so I don't I don't want this to be a four hour long episode, so I'm not going to dive too much into your voice. Um, if you want to get a little bit deeper in there, I've got some episodes for you to go check out um, way on back in episode two. We talked about how to find your branding voice um, and how important that is. Uh, and that is most of this right here is in that episode um, where you are finding who you are, what your why is, all of that. And you're putting that on your website. You're putting that on social media so that um, you have a constant consistent voice online and that's what's going to attract or repel people so that's episode two if you want to go back and and listen to that one um, also talking about repelling and attracting certain clients episode five uh, we talked about why it's important to repel some people um, because whenever you appeal to everyone you are really serving no one so if you can um, can set yourself up to where you have a strong branding voice, then you will start repelling some people. They'll come to your site and be like, oh, yeah, I don't like these photos or, oh, yeah, I don't I don't want a big fancy cake with like those like geode crystals and stuff coming out of one side. But you will attract the people that are like, I am looking for this cake with these geode crystals. This is amazing. I've been looking for this. You're in my price range. Let's go. Um, so attracting and repel episode five. Um, also, uh, blogging, um, really helps get your voice out there and allows people to trust you and to get to know you better. Um, that is episode 19. Episode 46, uh, we had uh, Jess Morales from We the, Rom we the Romantics on, and we talked about um, how to show your authentic self. Uh, so that kind of ties in with your branding voice whenever you can be authentic and real and not... Um, putting on a mask or a facade online, but you're your real self and people can connect to you. Um, so go check out her episode on episode 46. And then lastly of the homework episodes or whatever this is, if you want to like dive deeper, this is like the 2.0 of this podcast episode. Um, episode 51 uh, with Rita Olds. Uh, she is a copywriter and we talked about persuasive copy and she, if you have not listened to that episode, go listen to it. Like she dropped some gems in that episode that are just super, super powerful for connecting with your ideal clients and really attracting them 
and then also ways to write copy on your website and on your social media captions and all that that draw people in and repel the people that you don't want to waste your time and don't want to waste their time with. Um, so yeah, episode two, episode five, episode 19, episode 46 and episode 51. Go check those out. I'll have links to all those in the show notes, or you can just scroll on whatever podcast app you're listening to this and they will all be there. Um, so once you have your voice down and that's like your first connection with your potential client. Sometimes people come to your website and they're not ready to, to start booking yet. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm going back to my, uh, wedding photography couple. Um, so a lot of times newly engaged people will start looking at photographers. They don't even have a date in mind. They don't even have a venue booked yet, but they're looking at photographers. Sometimes I have them reach out to me because like that whole attract and repel, they're really attracted to my style, my personality, the photos, the experience that I provide. And they're like, Hey, I want to talk to you. <laughs> what dates do you have available October of next year? Cause we're going to book our venue. We want to make sure that you're available. That happens sometimes. Most of the time they are looking for someone before they're really ready to book. So if they connect with you and your voice, if you have a strong voice throughout your website and social media and your blog, then they'll come back like they will favorite your posts on Instagram and then come back or, you know, they'll start following you or they will make a note in their wedding planning folder to go back to this photographer's website because I really want to talk to them once we book our venue and have a date. Um, so once you have that voice, the next, uh, the next line, um, of where they will be in contact with you is your actual contact form. I also did an episode on this. Maybe it was part of that uh, repelling. I think it was part of that uh, episode five repelling and attracting um, where we talked briefly about contact forms and how if you want to have. Oh, also, I talked about this on I don't know the episode number because I don't know all of that about this podcast. Um, but uh, if you scroll back, it is one where I talked about uh, the difference between um, like budget, um, budget vendors and luxury vendors. And in there, I talked about uh, contact forms and kind of go deeper into that, where if you have really extensive, long contact forms with like 20 different questions and all these different things and like, what's your budget and uh, what's your ideal vacation? What are your pets names? Like all these different things that you may need to know for the wedding later. Um, but you want to go ahead and get them now. Uh, that's going to give you fewer leads because there are going to be fewer people who will actually go through all those questions. Um, if you want more leads, you can do three simple questions, name, email address, and, uh, and phone number, uh, or even name, email address and wedding date. And that's it. And then you'll get a lot 
you'll probably get a lot of people who um, don't fit with your brand because they're just filling out contact forms. But um, through your contact form, however you have have it set up, if you have three questions, if you have 30 questions, reply quickly. Um, this is another way to show up that you are a professional, um, that you know what you're doing because there, I mean, I've talked to couples before where they reached out to, you know, probably like 10 different photographers at the same time. And I got back to them really quickly. And then they had others that weren't even getting back to them a week later or a week you know, 10 days after they initially filled out their contact form, they're like, oh, hey, thanks so much. Um, I am available this date. Here's my pricing. And they're like, yeah, no, we've already booked with someone else. And that was me. But um, <clears throat> you want to do want to reply quickly. I aim to reply within 20 minutes if I can. Obviously, life and all the things and all that kind of, you know, it gets in the way or it doesn't really get in the way. It's just, you know, life. Um, I'm not going to like stop playing with my kids if we're out front hitting the baseball around. And then I get a notification on my phone that someone filled out my contact form. I'm not going to who let me let me jump over here real quick. No, you just, you know, take a break from baseball. You know, I try to do within 20 minutes if I'm like sitting at my computer and it pops up. I'll reply right away. Um, but anywhere between 20 minutes and two hours is my sweet spot of where I aim to be because I want to be first. I want them to uh, to set me up as who they're uh, they're judging everyone else off of. So they're like, oh, yeah, John got back to me within 30 minutes and you know, mentioned all this about what we talked about with like where our wedding venue is. He said that he hasn't shot there yet, but he loved this that he saw online and very excited about this thing. And, you know, they they're judging everyone else off of who they get first. Also, I think it's like, I don't know the exact number, but it was close to two thirds of people um, end up going with the first person who gets back to them. Because one, it shows professionalism because you're doing it quickly. And then two, um, it's just easy because someone got back to you. You'll start the conversation early. You may have conversations with other people later on, but they started with you. So they have a longer relationship with you. Um, They're more likely to go with you. So have a good voice on your website. Um, Have a pretty uh, at least easy to understand contact form um, and then reply to those contacts very quickly. Um, The next next thing that I do, um, I guess I can kind of get into uh, what that reply looks like. Um, So I'm not going to go like verbatim with this, but I'm going to give you some points because I don't want you to just copy every word and be like, Oh, Hey, writing in John's voice. Um, I want it to be your voice, but pretty much I start off like my subject line is your wedding photography. Let's go 
and then the person's name. So I use Tave as my CRM and I can put in these little tokens uh, to and it just uh, will fill in recipient's first name uh, right after let's go. So I don't have to change that. I don't have to figure out how to spell Caitlin 15 different times um, or 15 different ways. I can just set that up and it's going to autofill that with the contacts information, um, which is super helpful. Um, if you don't use Tave or if you're looking for a new CRM, um, definitely hit me up or look in the Facebook group because I've posted in there. There's a link that'll get you, uh, I believe, 60 days for free. Um, so, yeah, there's a little plug for Tave. You're welcome. Um but yeah, so I start off with exclamation points because that's me. And I'm like, your wedding photography, let's go, Amanda. And then in the body of the email, it's just like, hey, Amanda, let's go. I'm so excited for you and using another token in there, partner's first name. And uh, and then that's filled out in my contact form. So I don't have to be like you and your fiance or the one that you love or whatever. Um, I can just say it'll it'll autofill with their names, which is important that you use their actual names. Um, if they fill out their form and they give you their fiance's name, use it in the email because that will endear you to them or them to you. I know y'all to each other uh, more than if you're just like, I'm so excited for you and your fiance, because that could be a very canned email and it can feel uh, less sincere than whenever you use their name or less personal for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I, I tell them that I'm excited about them. And then I insert a little personal detail from their contact form. Sometimes all that they're asking is just about price. And I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for your wedding. And I know that wedding planning is, you know, can be stressful, but it's also a really, really fun time uh, for y'all. I hope that y'all are soaking this in. And then I get into, um, you know, that I'm excited to be considered for their wedding. And then I talk a little bit about my process. Not a lot, like one sentence about how I want them. To, uh, you know, I aim to make them feel like themselves and really seen. And I I get to know them uh, well before we ever bring out the camera um, so that their personalities can shine through the photos. Um, so. You can word that however you want for your brand. Um, that's not really how I word mine, but uh, that kind of gist. Then after that, I say, yes, I am so happy that we're actually available for your wedding date on. And then, uh, you know, put in their wedding date. So this is a couple of different things. One, it's showing that I'm actually excited to work with them. And then also the we're actually available part is showing scarcity without being like, oh, I only have three more dates left in 2022. So hurry up. It's it's that like kind of subtle. I'm I'm actually like I'm I'm happy that we're actually available. I I am not I had no idea that, you know, we still had a September date or whatever. It just shows that um, that people are booking you and that you're happy that you actually have this one available that you're not already booked. Um, 
and it, they may pick up on that. It may be a subliminal kind of thing, um, but I put that in and then I give them a, uh, a little bit of pricing because I know that's what they want, um, but I want to keep the conversation going. So I'm not like, hey, here's a link to all of my pricing. I'm just like, hey, our wedding packages start at this amount. Most couples end up creating their own uh, custom packages between this price range. Of course, this depends on what your needs are. You know, love to hear what you're dreaming up for your wedding, all those kinds of things kind of pushing toward, hey, let's chat. I want to, you know, I need to hear about your wedding in order to create this package for you. So you don't want to give all of the the pricing and everything up front because then you'll get the tire kickers that are just coming around and getting all the pricing sheets. And then they're just going to put them around and be like, all right, this one I can get 10 hours with two photographers and a videographer for the same price as this one for six hours. Yeah, this one's gone. Um, but instead you want to build that relationship and then show them what you can do for them and why you are the best option for them. And if they are not, if you're not the best option for them, like be upfront about that and, and just be like, Hey, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to work out. Well, these are some other photographers that would, which kind of goes into a whole referral network, uh, deal that we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, but yeah, I talk about a little bit about pricing and then that I'm very excited to hear what they're dreaming up for their wedding, creating custom packages, uh, for what they need. And then I end with a question. Um, you always want to end every email with a question. Uh, so if they don't have, if they didn't mention where their venue is, uh, a very easy question to end on is, have you already decided on a venue? Um, because maybe they've already picked their date. Like my wife and I, we picked our date um, <laughs> before we got engaged, I believe. Uh, but we picked our date before we had our venue. And, uh, you know, we talked to the venue and, and if it didn't work out, we were probably still going to stay with the same date and just get a different venue. Um, but sometimes people have a date and they're like, no, this is the sixth anniversary of the day that we started dating and we're going to get married on this day. We just need to find a place. Um, so always end with a question. I usually end with, have you already decided on a venue? If they've mentioned their venue, then I will ask them, um, you know, either uh, what is it that you really love about like what drew you in to this venue? What are you excited about? Um, are you planning an indoor or an outdoor ceremony? Um, something like that to get them talking something pretty simple. Um, not like, Hey, how many guests are you going to have? Cause they're maybe like, I don't know. I'm or like we sent out 300 invitations. I heard maybe 75% get back and then another 60% of that show up. I don't know. Uh, so don't send rough questions that are, you know, later on down the road, just simple questions that they can answer because you want to keep that conversation going. Just like if you were meeting them in person, you would want to ask questions to keep the conversation going. If you've ever been to a party and then there's that one dude that's just always talking about himself and then never asking you any questions at all. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but I'm kind of thinking of someone in particular. Um, <laughs> but if you've ever been to a party like that, um, you know how, how quickly you want to get out of that conversation. Cause you're like, dude, 
I don't really care about your Porsche that you just got and that you want to talk about all these different things that you're doing. Like, talk to me. I want to want to have a conversation. So you want to have a conversation with your uh, with your leads as well. Make it to where they can talk about themselves there, but they're also getting information from you at the same time and um, and that it's valuable information you're not just asking like hey do you have any pets um and then i'm like hey can't wait to chat so after that question i say can't wait to chat because that's leading into we're going to continue this conversation um and then i have a little ps because my brand is very centered around coffee so I asked what their go-to coffee order is. Sometimes they answer that. Um, probably about half of the time they answer that. Uh, the the other half, they're just straight business, and that's cool. Um, but the ones that do answer that, uh, that's like an extra way that you can connect because they're like, oh, because uh, I also mentioned that I love a good iced coffee or like a Cortado or something. And then that sparks more conversation of, oh, man, I love iced coffee. And have you tried this new uh, espresso place that spells it with an X? And I'm like, no, of course not, because they spell it with an X. Um, Just in case you didn't know, it's espresso with an S. But I'm a coffee snob. So that's my first reply. Pretty short pretty simple to the point I am wanting to uh, to let them know that I am actually excited because I am actually excited anytime that I get to work with people because one I love what I do I love the people that I work with and I love making money so those are three great things that happen every time that I get a lead coming in through my email <clears throat> so um, Con, uh, like reply pretty quickly. I have that saved as a template. Obviously, I was reading that. Um, if you do not have templates saved for your emails, please do so. Take 30 minutes, just type it up, or even look at uh, past emails that you've sent and just copy that and then put placeholders in there for uh, their names and important information and details that you will change with every inquiry this is going to save you so much time if you don't have a crm you can do this through like saving a draft in uh gmail or something like that i think they have templates in gmail too um but if you have a crm then you for sure can have email templates saved and you should and i have does it tell me a number of all these i have roughly 60 different email templates saved um, yeah, let's see on this one page. Yeah, that's 20. Um, okay. So then I'm replying or following up within three days. If I don't hear from them in three days, I'm following up and, uh, I can kind of go into briefly what that looks like. It's another short email. Um, I'm just being like, Hey, you know, thanks so much for contacting me about uh, your wedding coming up on such and such date. I am holding that for you for X amount of days. Um, I do a week right now uh, because I don't have like 500 leads coming in every year. Um, I'm in the like 150 to 200 range. So I don't have a ton, a ton of overlap. Um, plus, if I'm holding it for a week, then I'm going to email them as soon as I get another person who's who's asking about this date, but I'm still going to be 
cultivating that relationship with the next person, because this first person, uh, they haven't given me any money to hold this date. This is just like a courtesy hold. Um, just to let you know, someone else is as also asking about this date. You'll want to go ahead and put money down on this. Um, and I'm just like, hey, if anyone else asks about it, you'll have dibs. I'll reach out to you. Uh, I'm excited for you and insert partner's name here. Um, I know it's a crazy time for wedding planning. I'd love to share this little guide with you of which vendors to book at what time before your wedding. And then I send them a link to a blog post that I put together for when to book certain vendors, you know, in in order of like this is a year out. This is nine months out. This is six months out and just kind of going all the way through until I don't know when I think the earliest ones like two months or so before the wedding um but it shows one it's helpful um they may not know all of that stuff uh two it shows that i'm a professional in the industry i know what's going on i actually wrote this article about what's going on um and if you don't have a blog and you don't want to start one which you should start one but if you're like anti-blog for whatever reason uh, find someone else's blog, preferably not someone like another photographer, if you're a photographer, but find some helpful article on the Internet and then link to that. It's you're still show, giving them um, giving them education. You're still giving them resources, um, even though they're not necessarily yours. It just shows that you also know where to find things. Um, and then. I again say, hey, uh, like my wedding packages begin at this. I'd love to create a perfect package for you for your wedding. Would you like to learn more about packages? Again, ending on a question. And then that's it. If they don't get back to me on that one, then I do follow up um, two days before um, I'm no longer holding their date. And just hope all the wedding plans are going well. Haven't heard from you this week. I realize that planning can be a lot. We're still holding your date uh, since you were the first to ask about it. We'll hold it for another two days. But if I don't hear from you, I will be opening it up to other couples. So this is showing scarcity. Other people are going to ask about your date. Even if it's like a Thursday in November, you're probably not going to have another person asking about that Thursday. But you want to let them know there's a good possibility I might have someone else and I'm only holding this for two more days. So you need to at least reply to my email, please. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, and then I send another link to a different blog post that I've written uh, for more resources because I want to be helpful and I want to show one that I'm a professional in the industry, they can trust me and two that I'm helpful and resourceful and that I can, I can be a go-to person for them, um, whenever they need anything. Um, so that can be any kind of blog, uh, article that you have or sending them to another person's blog. And then I'm like, Hey, I'd still love to get to know y'all. We can, you can set up, um, a 15 minute zoom meeting at this link. And then I send them that link. And then I ask another question like, Hey, are you having your ceremony indoors or outdoors? Because you always want to end in a question. Keep it going. Lastly, this is the magic email. It's a little bit different than, uh, 
the the kind of harsh magic email that you may know of. Um, but it's pretty much just being like, hey, I have not heard from you. I'm assuming, you know, I know that things are are busy and hectic. Uh, you know, I'd still love to get to know y'all. Uh, you know, if you have gone with someone else, just let me know and I will stop emailing you. Um, you know, I don't want to take up your your inbox um, if you are working with someone else. And then um, I say, you know, I've I've opened up your date to other couples um, and I'm excited for you guys. I wish you all the best in your wedding planning journey and your marriage. Um, if you need anything, all. I'm here for you. Uh, and then I put this in at the end, which is a little bit different um, that I realize that wedding planning can be super hectic and sometimes things can fall behind. If that's the case, just let me know. I'd love to still get to know you and chat about your wedding day. So that kind of softens it a bit uh, because I still care about them, uh, even though they haven't replied to any of my three emails that I've sent. Um, I still want to be like, hey, you may have gone another place. You may have just gotten busy. Uh, these may have all gone to your spam. Like, don't feel bad. I still want to get to know you. I'm not mad at you. Because uh, sometimes the magic email can kind of sound a little mad. Like, guys, you're just like not replying to my emails. And I'm very angry. And I have decided to work with someone else. I hope you find someone who can at least take pictures for your wedding. Um, and the, you know, that's not what I want to sound. Again, that doesn't go with my branding voice. Um so that's my like initial emails. Um, and then after that, once they book, <clears throat> once they book, I send them a welcome email with like information about different things. I send them a wedding guide. Um, that's also one of the things in uh, not that last magic email, but the one that was two days before um, where I mentioned you can send another resource. I send them a uh like kind of half version of my wedding planning guide and it's a bunch of resources it's like 60 pages um so it's still a lot a lot of those pages are just photos of mine um to really kind of like hammer in like oh wow these are good photos these are more photos than on his website um and then what's up lady can you go back out and watch your show? I have a mama juice. You do have a mama juice. Is that Capri Sun tasty? Uh-huh. I'm going to take the racer. Oh, that's mama's. Can you take that to her? Okay. Okay. Can you close the door behind you? There you go. All the way shut. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Um, okay. Back to this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I send... In this welcome email, it will be uh, my full wedding guide, which is 128 pages of articles, helpful tips, wedding planning things, engagement photo, wardrobe guides, like all this different stuff, sample timelines, inspirational things, stuff about my albums. Um, so I send them that giant, uh, giant uh, guide. Um, and then I also will send them a little welcome gift. This can be all 
kinds of different things, um, whatever you want. I have decided to send my couples a little date night in a box. So I will send that out and uh, along with a personal note and all that. Um, so then after that, we go into planning their engagement session. If they've booked an engagement session with me, 90% of my couples do. Sometimes they have like a friend who takes theirs and you know, whatever. I may still offer to do an engagement session because I love meeting them before the wedding. Um, it really just makes the wedding day so much easier um, and puts them much more at ease. But um, but I send them an email for planning their engagement session and I talk about how important it is uh, that we get to know each other before they get comfortable in front of the camera. That makes them even more comfortable on the wedding day because they can remember back to how it was at their engagement session and be like, oh, yeah, I remember doing this pose or I remember doing this whatever. I'm not I don't feel awkward right now. Um, then I also send them an engagement session questionnaire that asks questions about like, what time of day would you like to get these done? Do you have locations in mind? Do you have access to locations that most people don't? Um, you know, some, sometimes we'll have access to like sporting arenas or, um, like different, like, uh, an airport once, uh, and got to take photos like around a airport hangar or whatever. Um, so if they have access to certain places, they may not be thinking of that for an engagement session, but you can be like, what you have access to, uh, you know, Astro stadium. Is it Astro stadium? It's Minute Maid park. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I don't know. I, am not uh giant into sports but like if they have uh access to some cool location or they're like hey we're gonna go on this vacation uh, uh recently i had a couple i sent them this and asked them if they were going on any trips because uh, i have another question about like hey if you're going on a, a trip or somewhere fun in the next few months um and you would like me to come along we could definitely do that and then they're like, yeah, we're actually going to Colorado to go skiing. Um, we'll pay for you to come along. And they did. They paid for me to come along. I did not ski, but we did take photos in like three feet of snow. And it was a lot of fun. And it was something very different than Texas, obviously. Um, but it was something very different than what they had originally planned for their engagement session. They wanted to do on campus here in College Station, which is like 90% of people, they're just like, eh, we'll do. I'm an Aggie. I just graduated, whatever. Um, let's take photos on campus because my friend took photos on campus. And that's the only frame of reference I have for engagement photos. I'm always trying to help them. Um, and in this questionnaire, I'm asking questions about them, what they like doing, what's an ideal vacation. Um, are they more like outdoorsy? Are they more kind of artsy? Are they more quirky? Like all these different characteristics to help find some locations that really will speak to them and their personalities and fit well. Because a uh, parking garage, like rooftop engagement session, is probably not the best for two like uh, hand climbers. What is that called? Rock climbing? There's something different like uh, with with just your hands. 
Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just rock climbing. But like two two rock climbers who love to be out in nature and state parks and stuff like that. They probably won't want to do a downtown like they may want to. But it once we start talking about their engagement session, it's probably not going to um, to fit them. Um, so then. After this, I send like a just because email about um, like, hey, I'm just excited about your wedding date and can't wait to celebrate with y'all. It's usually like eight months out or so, uh, depending on how how early they book me. Um, but just uh, just because and if you have any questions or anything, or if you want to talk about whatever, uh, feel free. I'm always here. And then sometimes I get replies of that's awesome. We're excited too. nothing right now, but you know, we'll keep you in mind. And then other times like, Oh yeah, we were thinking about doing this or we, you know, uh, recently I had a couple that they're like, yeah, we initially told you that we didn't want to do a first look, but we saw that you did, um, an IG live and you were talking about first looks and how helpful that is. And we really want to do a first look now. So then you can do that. Um, so that whole nurturing sequence, um, will help build them toward, um, being more open with you and, uh, having that better connection to where, whenever you do work together, like face to face, um, it's a better experience. And, you know, I've got, Oh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Wow. 13, 13 more emails that go out, um, after their engagement session all the way through, I can run through those really quick. Um, probably not going to get into super, super detail of everything, um, but, uh, something that I learned from, uh, Ben Hartley was about six months out from their wedding date. I send them an email with a discount code or not a discount code, but just telling them like, Hey, if you want to, if you're planning to buy an album, like if it's not included in their package that they got, if you're wanting to get an album or some wall art or something like that, um, you know, everything is, uh, you can get 20% off of, the the prices that you see on the site um until two weeks before your wedding so anytime between now and two weeks before your wedding just let me know what you want to buy or just like a dollar amount that you want to spend and then you can get 20 percent off of that dollar amount and that has led to so many more album sales so many more wall art sales um just because I'm offering that discount and it could be 20%. It could be 10%. It could be 50%, whatever you want to do, whatever your margins are, um, sending that. So that's about six months out, about two months out. I send a wedding prep questionnaire and it goes in depth into timelines. <clears throat> it goes into, um, like who like family names for the family formals, all those kinds of things. I send that two months out, uh, six weeks out. I send them an email asking, um, when would be a good time to set up a zoom or coffee date or a call or something to go over their timeline. And then we usually have that about a month out or so. Then I send, um, two weeks before the wedding, 
I'll send a reminder of that 20% discount on wall art and albums. Like, Hey, if y'all are wanting to do this, you have another two days. Um, but after 48 hours from right now, it's going to be all my normal pricing. Uh, you are still welcome to buy any of this after your wedding. I, you know, it's, it's not like completely off the table now. It's just, I wanted to offer you this discount before your wedding, uh, but you can do after. Then I send them a uh, day before text of just super excited for your wedding. It's tomorrow. This is going to be amazing. If you need anything at all, feel free to call, text, email me. Um, I'm there for you. And then <clears throat> the uh, then, of course, the wedding day, I'm there. Uh, but then the day after I send them some sneak peeks because I want them to post my photo. Uh, it's a little bit selfish, but also I want to serve them well. I want to get them a photo. I usually do three or so the day after their wedding. And I send that to them. I want them to have a great photo of the two of them. I want them to have a photo of them uh, during the ceremony, like everything that's going on. And then a photo of just like something fun that happened during the reception or some moment that I'm like, oh, they're going to this is it. It, it was a, a big moment in the wedding. I'll send that. So I do that the day after. And then a week after the wedding, send their sneak peek uh, about, you know, 50 to 80 photos, depending on the wedding. Um, I always include a lot of the family formals, especially the big groups or their immediate family. Uh, that way they can have that. And lots of wedding party photos so that they can share those and their wedding party people can share those as well. Um, and then I send, uh, I send an email about reviews. You know, it, a lot of people send the reviews email at the end. Um, but this is like a peak where they're very excited about the photos that they just received. So then I'm like, Hey, I want to hit them where they're peaked. And they're they're going to write amazing things like, hey, we just got our sneak peek back. We are floored. These are amazing. We can't even wait like we don't even have the rest of our photos yet, but they're going to be so amazing if just these 60 photos are this amazing. And then um, so I send them a, a reviews email that just says, hey, like one, 80 percent of my business comes from referrals from clients like you who are amazing and tell other people about me. Um, cause, uh, if you, let's see. Oh, I think I know. I think it's episode 40. Um, Tony Christine was on and she talks about this a lot. How, if you, um, if you ask for certain things, most of the time you will get them. So if you ask your couples to refer you and you don't just like, Hey, you know, referrals are great. So hopefully they do. And hopefully they had a good enough experience that they want to. But if you actually tell them like, Hey, most of my business is from referrals. I would love it. If you have any engaged any engaged, uh, people that, you know, friends, um, just, send along my name. You know, I would love to work with your friends and maybe even see you at the wedding. That would be so cool. And that sort of thing. It's not super pushy, but you're letting them know and you're telling them like, Hey, this would be great if you could do this for me. 
So I also do the same thing with reviews and I send them. I have links in there like this is for Google. This is for Wedding Wire. This is for the knot. Here's Facebook. Pick one, pick all four, whatever. Um, you know, you can write the same thing. You can copy it. I know that Google doesn't really like whenever you have copies at different places. They don't really count those as multiple. But um, Facebook for sure counts that as a multiple. Um, Wedding Wire for sure counts that as a multiple because they're not looking at your Google reviews. Uh, then a month out from the wedding, I will send a reminder of, hey, this is the date that you will have all of your wedding photos back. We're planning this big full gallery reveal. Can't wait to show you this. Then on that date, do the full gallery reveal. Talk to them about the you know 20% uh, off albums and wall art and all the things that they purchased earlier. Or if they hadn't, then this is a great time for them to purchase those things. Um, and then we'll go on to album design after that and send them mock-ups and go through the whole design process with them. Uh, okay, so then after the album design, um, I send another review email. So if they didn't leave me a review that first time, I'll send them another one. And um, it's just pretty much the same template. It's just a, tweaked a little bit differently to where it's not as... Um, I don't know. It's it's not like verbatim of the first one. I'm just kind of like, hey, you know, if you haven't left a review yet, this would be super helpful. I love this. You know, if you don't know what to talk about, because a lot of times whenever I'm looking at an entire process of engagement session and wedding and album and all the the contact in between. I don't know where to start for a review. So I'll be I'll give them a couple pointers on you know, if you really enjoyed um, like the our personality or style or, you know, you know, if we you know showed up for you in certain ways that really stood out to you, that would be great for you to just talk about that one thing in the review. Um, then I send out an email uh, nine months after their wedding. This is all automated, so I'm not like physically thinking, oh, it's been nine months since Danielle and BJ's wedding. I should probably send them an email. Um, I am. It's already set up, so it's going to my CRM is going to do this without me. And um, and it's just an email saying, hey, super excited. Cannot believe that you've been married for nine months now. That is insane. Um, so happy for y'all. I know your your one year anniversary is coming up. Um, you know, if if y'all need anything at all, if y'all want like family photos or whatever, I'm always happy to do that. Also, if you wanted to order an album or send uh, send an album or some wall art to your parents, definitely hit me up for that. I would love to walk through some designs with you. And then uh, a one year anniversary post of just excited that it's been a year and congratulations on making it a year. And I kind of like still um, still showing up for them. Even later on, they've moved on. They're not like thinking about wedding stuff anymore, although their one year anniversary is then. So they are thinking about wedding things, but uh, just kind of staying in mind with them. One, uh, because 
I'm all about relationships and I want to continue those, even if I'm not like making money off of them. I, I still care about them as people. Um, and I want to show that I still care about you. And I still like, I remember you from a year ago. Um, and then also I want my name, my business name to be front of mind. So maybe a year after their wedding, um, maybe one of their bridesmaids got engaged and they're like, Oh, Hey, like I remember, I remember like, uh, you said 80% of your business is from referrals. Let me send your info over to Katie, whatever. Um, so anyway, that's the whole lead nurturing process that I have, uh, from, from the very beginning all the way through till a year after their wedding. Um, I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions or comments about any of this, uh, feel free to reach out on the Facebook group. Um, you know, I'll be posting about this episode, uh, probably today as you're listening to this and it'll already be in the Facebook group. So you can just comment on that and be like, Hey, I really loved this. Or, um, I don't know about this. Uh, and let's talk, uh, because I'm all about that. I don't want this to just be a one-sided conversation, um, on, this podcast. I want to be able to talk to you. And, um, you know, I try to do once a month, some, uh, free business coaching in the Facebook group, um, which let's see from now, probably about two or three weeks is our next one. Um, and that is just open to anyone and any questions that you have about anything. Um, but yes, Thanks for listening. Um, I hope this was super helpful. You can find all of the show notes and everything. I'll put like a little uh, outline of all of these different steps on uh, in the show notes, um, which you can find those at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 60 six zero because it is 60 episodes now. Um, but yeah, you can find all of those things at that. Um, and this, uh, these episodes are recorded in front of a live Facebook audience where you can ask questions and interact with us. It's much more interesting, um, than just listening on your favorite podcast app, but, uh, you get to have a conversation and, um, maybe even be on the podcast. Those, uh, those, uh, free business consultation, uh, like group coaching things. Um, uh, I have a zoom link where you can actually join me and then your voice can be on the podcast whenever, uh, we post those. Um, I would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast uh, so that we pop up every single time. If you're not part of the Facebook community, you can search for the Light and Dark Photography Podcast on Facebook. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme music is by the talented John Isaac. You can follow the show on Instagram at Light Dark Co. You can follow me at All Heart Photo. Um, until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye, guys.